Today, I'm delighted to be joined by James Sterling. James is an experienced personal trainer who has built up an online community of over 362,000 people and counting on Instagram under the brand London Fitness Guy. With a degree in sports science under his belt too, James has always been passionate about sport and fitness with a focus on offering everyone accessible home and gym workouts for a happier and healthier lifestyle, something that's actually been pretty important over the last year. So firstly, James, thank you so much for sparing the time to speak to me. I know you're an extremely busy man, so thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Pleasure, mate. I can't believe you nailed that intro first time. <laughs> you know I, should be, I should be congratulating you on that before we do anything. <laughs> I have to concentrate so much beforehand and I'm reading it. I'm like, I know I'm going to mess it at some point, but no, I'm happy with that. I'll take no, it. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> um, James, let's start off by just you speaking about a little bit about yourself and like how you've got to where you are and how you sort of got into the fitness industry. Yeah, um, I've got a really kind of mixed background when it comes to work. Actually, I did uh, I did my degree in in sports science when I was at uni, obviously in Southampton. Um, but I didn't really have any intention of going down the route of being a personal trainer, um, which is really interesting now to end up being a personal trainer. Mm. Um, but I'd always kind of wanted to work in more of a you know established business as you know uh, managing a team and all that sort of stuff. I guess like when you're at school, you're always told mm. you know that's the kind of route you should be going down. And yeah. sometimes I feel like as a personal trainer, actually, it's kind of like, you know, you get a bit of a slack for being oh, a personal trainer. Um, but it's such a difficult job and also a really rewarding job. So I'm really glad I did. But, um, you know, I've, I, I, I'd gone to uni. I'd come out of uni. I did a grad scheme. Um, I had some really interesting jobs working in sport. And my, my, a lot of my roles around either getting adults participating in sport for improved health or using sport as um, a vehicle to help. Um, kids who are involved in gangs and crime um, and drugs um, and pull them out of these kind of situations where they're involved in perhaps you know with the wrong people um, and using sport to pull them away from that and, and teach them about how they can be more successful in their in their life and kind of show them a different pathway I guess. Yeah so what was like the initial sort of like I mean, I know you said about being like being a manager of a company and that sort of all. Yeah, you're right. Like when you're at school, that's sort of like what the sort of the route that you naturally think about going to, I suppose, when when you want to be successful. But what was like the initial thing that made you start doing actual personal training or like one to one sessions? Was there a, was there like a pure enjoyment? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I always think that being a personal trainer, you're really lucky because you actually get to do something you love every single day and I know that's really cheesy and a bit cliche these days but I've, I'm sure all personal trainers will say you know they're they're teaching something they're really passionate about and that's why they've gone into the job of being a personal trainer and being able to help people and share your passions with them um, I think is, is is such an amazing job to be able to do and to call that work I think is is a you know a really fortunate thing to be able to do. Mm, yeah, I, I think one of the things that people struggle with with one to one PTing, I mean, after they've done it for a little bit of time is the hours because obviously mm. it's uh, unsociable hours, early mornings, mm -hmm. late evenings, weekends and stuff. So, I mean, something I really wanted to ask you, James, and I'm sure everyone's dying to know the answer to this from you is that what sort of was the change from wanting to go one to one 
into online. I know we had like a really brief conversation before this started about oh, actually you're missing the one-to-one side of it. But yeah, what, what, what made you like change your mind and want to go down that route? Yeah, well, I guess it's like I said at the start, being a, being a personal trainer is a really challenging, tough, physically demanding job. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people don't really anticipate just how physically demanding it can be. And when I first started as a personal trainer, I'd been working for businesses for three or four years and just kind of doing bits of PT on the side. Um, but when I when I decided to do it full time, I just said yes to everything. So I'd be doing group classes, spin classes, PT sessions, uh, boot camps, you, you name it. I was pretty much going out there and doing it to you know, determined to make to make my business work. I guess I went down a slightly different route in that I never worked for a chain um, like a gym chain. I went straight in as being self-employed, which I guess a lot of personal trainers kind of weigh up which one to do first. But I was uh, determined to make it happen under my own name. And I just I just said yes to probably too much um, initially. And I remember coming back kind of eight o'clock in the evening from teaching a late spin class, just completely drained and gray. Um, and I did that for about a year and I lost so much weight. Again, like, you know, it's really? you're, you're, well, you're, you're on your feet all day, obviously, as a personal trainer. Yeah. You're teaching classes. And I always say to people, as a personal trainer, if you're doing four sessions a day, let's say, and, and you know, every... 10 minutes you're doing a couple of demos of the exercise well over over four hours five hours yeah. that really builds up and you end up basically doing an additional workout that you haven't really compensated for so um yeah i was yeah. trying to trying to balance everything i to honest with you i just um i really burnt out um and i said to myself you know i'm going to take a little step back and really evaluate what i want to do now and actually reducing my hours um and earning less money from pt was actually actually made me enjoy it a lot more and really focus on delivering as high quality sessions as i possibly could in the ones that i did mm. deliver so um with the in terms of moving to yeah. sorry i was saying in terms of moving i, I kind of you know, waffling a bit there but in terms of your initial yeah. question about moving into online um i think it's because i've done it for so many years and i and i'd reached a point where i was saying to myself you know I'd, i can't keep doing early mornings and late nights um how can i move my business and keep doing what i love but perhaps make the hours a little bit more sociable for myself. Yeah. I mean, with that in mind, and I know you said you started off like as a, um, like your own business and stuff, but agreeing to do that group training sessions and all that sort of stuff. Do you think that really helped you? Like would, you wouldn't change what you originally started off doing? Cause it's, I guess it's sort of given you a bit of an idea of how you want to work now and how you want to manage your own business. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as as a group exercise instructor like Spin or, you know, we have a class here like Hit and London called Hit and Run, which is, um, you know, half treadmill, half floor based um, class. And I was doing things like that. And I think it really teaches you how to deliver successful classes online as well, um, whether that now be through, which was never a thing, but whether that now be through Zoom or, you know, Eventbrite or any of these platforms now where you can take classes online it's mm. really helped me to be able to be confident in my delivery of those so i'm actually really fortunate i did go down the class or group exercise route as well because i think it's made me a better group exercise instructor mm. now through a digital perspective as well mm. have you had to adapt quite a bit and like learn new skills in the last 12 months because of covid and stuff like teaching online classes because i guess it wasn't really something that you did too much beforehand i mean you might have done i'm not i'm not too sure 
Yeah, I've done um, I've done a few like corporate sessions and things like that for businesses, and oh. but not not a huge amount to be honest. I think it probably took me a took me a, a little bit, a few months probably to really kind of get to grips with how I prefer to deliver online sessions. What's really challenging about doing any session through Zoom, I imagine anyone that is taking sessions on Zoom will, will kind of understand and relate. But that kind of first session where you realize you've got no one in front of you and you are literally telling your camera to do extra reps <laughs> or come on and move it a little bit more, you can do more. And it's, uh, it's, it's that kind of interaction that's really challenging. Um, mm. I mean, I, 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 I'm, uh, I don't really. Sometimes I say bizarre stuff when I'm doing these sessions, and I think to myself, <laughs> "Why did I say that?" But um, now, now I just don't really care. I, I think it's quite funny, so I'll laugh at myself during the sessions for just saying, you know, ridiculous <laughs> stuff. But I think that adds to the fun. You know, it's personal trainers. We are there to deliver an experience, um, mm. especially when it's online. Whether it, obviously backed by um quality in terms of what you're delivering, but also to make it fun and enjoyable for the people that are taking part. In those in those sessions mm. i mean do you mute them all when you're on zoom or do you let them kind of speak and you can hear them back or uh usually i will do like a mute um yeah. and then uh, at the end do like any questions kind of thing so yeah. it, at least it gives people but you know it's like all especially in corporate ones you just don't get many questions back at the end of it i think everyone <laughs> just like knackered from doing the workout and they're happy to go and have the shower and get on with their days so um yeah it's uh, I, I i prefer to do it muted otherwise you just end up with some you know sounds of dogs barking and coming running in mid-session <laughs> all that sort of stuff so yeah that's my preferred I'll, i'd be the exact same um James, I think like one of the th- like things that I wanted to ask you, like most importantly today, is obviously the online fitness industry has become extremely competitive over recent years, and in the last twelve months, probably grown quite quite a bit, um, and probably going to continue to do so. I mean, something I want to do is pick your brains on the advice and what you would give to someone who wants to grow their fitness business and social media presence. Um, and like, how how is it that you establish your brand with the London Fitness Guy? Because obviously, it's such a big brand now, and it's obviously doing extremely well. Um, and yeah, like, what sort of advice would you have for people in, in looking to do something similar? Um, I think initially is just having that belief in the message you're putting out there. Um, I mean, social media now is completely different. You've got um, really outspoken people who you know are almost kind of. I guess, um, you know, controversial. Yeah, I guess controversial is the right <laughs> word saying it. It's, it's never been my, my style. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more about just, you know, being myself and letting and being positive. I just, I thought personally, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. But, you know, um, I think that the most important thing is to have a message and something you believe in and stick to that because I think there's anything worse than seeing people change their tone or change or trying to be someone else or, you know, trying to find something unique that they can use, which is absolutely fine. But as long as your message is consistent, I think I think that's probably the most important thing. And then people buy into your messaging and what you're all about and hopefully like it. And then want to train with you or, you know, do an online workout with you, whatever it might be. So I would say consistency in your message and, you know, belief in, in your own message about what you're sharing. And is that what you would say, like how you built up your brands? Like, was it just a bit of consistency and making sure that you're giving the same sort of content and like like delivering the overall same sort of message? Yeah, I mean, I start my my whole platform and business has always been about helping people who perhaps aren't 
into exercise, get into exercise, find a love for it, and then, you know, go into the gym or go into CrossFit or whatever it might be and kind of create these pathways. And that's always what I wanted to do. I wanted to hit the people who weren't yet fully engaged in exercising, who were on the cusp of like dropping out or continuing, you know, it's kind of 50-50 um and do something for those guys and whether it was body weight or with limited equipment i really believe that you could get people engaged in exercise for a sustained period of time for three months let's say and then they would stay with it and create that habit and continue so um my initially my kind of i mean i guess after a year of running the business i was like right i'm gonna i'm gonna really go for this now i'm gonna hit these people give them options give them variety teach them how to make the most out of training from home with limited equipment or body weight um, and yeah. really deliver that well. And I think that when I focused on doing that was when I really kind of found most of the growth in my own business really and platform. Yeah. I mean, I, going back to the online um, side of things, I guess you've had a few hurdles along the way in like trying to build your online business. Like what's that sort of the top tips that you'd have for people um I mean, everyone's going to use different softwares or whatever that might be, or um, not even software related, but you personally managing an online fitness business. Like, is there any tips or anything that you would look at at hindsight and be like, oh, I wish I did that differently or? Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much I've learned along the way. Having, a, having an online business in physical exercise is completely different to running a one-to-one -one PT business. You have to learn how to market your programs, how to build your programs, uh, how to talk to people and how to price it and all these things. And, yeah. you know, I'd gone from selling programs really cheap and not getting the buy-in from the people that were buying them because they were so cheap to now kind of finding a middle ground, I guess, where people will purchase a program and, and commit to it. Because I think that's the most important thing that you want every single person who buys your plan online and wants to work with you to get a great result. Um, and obviously, online you don't have that one-to-one -one angle of being with them in the gym every day and I guess you're naturally going to get a little bit more drop-off in terms of commitment to a program than you would if you were there pushing them in the gym you know lifting the weights with them and so on mm. um, so I think that's what was my biggest obstacle at the beginning is finding the correct price point where you get a buy-in yeah. but it's not so expensive that you price the majority of people out of it um, and then once I found and kind of understood that, then it was about how do you market your product, whether that be through Instagram or Facebook or advertisement, whatever it might be, um, to then actually kind of building the community angle around what you're offering as well. So mm. people feel like they're part of something. Mm. That, that community thing you just mentioned, James, like building a community is, is so important for businesses as I'm sure you would be the first to agree to that but because obviously you have so many clients and such a huge online presence do you find it harder to keep that community or do you find it easier there's a lot more work I think that goes into it but I mean like you know when when it comes to Instagram I will spend a lot of time on Instagram replying to people replying to comments because I, I genuinely want to and I want to understand and learn about the people who are working out with me so to speak online yeah, yeah. you know i, I want to know what they're finding challenging i ask for feedback all the time from the people who are doing my programs on uh, my pt hub and i'll say you know how, how you getting on what, what can i do to improve it because yeah. I, i'm i'm i love to see the positives of, of it you know enjoying the workouts but i'm more interested in learning how it can be better to make make that the value of the program even better for them and when you've got the likes of the peloton and all these other platforms where it's they can mm. afford to do it so cheap 
um yeah. it's it can be really competitive and people are buying into you and what you can offer so i think it's you know you have to constantly ask yourself what can i do that takes me to a different level of them i guess that that kind of one-to-one -one interaction is is up there with one of the value-added pieces you can do the email exchanges that you well we you and i have together and you always mention about things that like you'd love to improve or love to change within certain aspects of the software obviously just to make it better for your clients which is absolutely what we firstly love to hear and hopefully it's something that we always have on the radar anyway but no like you you mentioned about like replying to comments and like keeping in touch with your clients is that where you mainly get the feedback from then is just like from messages and all that sort of stuff yeah, I think that's even me asking directly for it or people naturally giving that feedback back to me, I guess. Mm. Um, like I say, I think, you know, I don't think, I think you have to be fairly open-minded to getting feedback. It's really easy to be so absorbed in what you're doing that you kind of be like, oh, you know, you kind of, you don't like getting that, that negative feedback. But for me, that's the most important part. And I would choose having the negative feedback over the positive any day of the week because it means I can really really build on from what I've, I've created to make it better mm. um, and I think you know in terms of online it's taken me a couple of years now and I'm still not really there yet but to uh, <laughs> really crack what, what, what I want to do with it um, and I've constantly changed stuff and done things differently and added this taken away that um, just to try and make it better and I, every time you do that it does get kind of a little bit further down the chain but it's mm. like building a new business altogether I do think it takes kind of a couple of years to really start to grasp what you want to do yeah I, I can't imagine anyone's gone in and like nailed it first time and been like this is the perfect program this is the perfect price point this is mm. it, it does just take a bit of time doesn't it yeah and no, i think you know regardless of your following or regardless of you know your email base or whatever it might be um it's it's hard to get people to buy a product and i think that's the main thing is you know you think it's you're just going to put it out there and you're going to be inundated with thousands of people pressing purchase and going but it's it's just not that easy unfortunately mm. talking about your branding um and your and your following your your brand and uh, for me personally i think your branding and your social content are like perfect together i think they work extremely well like we look at yours all the time because we're always like it's just so like it's not it doesn't it's not over the top ever and it's not like in your face it's good content it's what people want to see and i think people might find that a little bit hard to sort of get the right balance between their brand and the content and like what is it that you found that helped you sort of get to where you are with that I think just being yourself. I think like, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's really easy these days, especially with social media, to look at what other people are doing and mm. and kind of replicate it. And I think I just feel like you, sometimes I fall down the trap of looking at what people are doing and thinking, oh, maybe I should do that. I kind of have to rein it back into myself and have an internal chat with myself and say, actually, you know what, keep doing what, you, what you're doing. It's yeah. fine. Um, so it's really difficult with social media and that pressure and comparison that comes, comes with it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, in terms of, I always just want to be a relatable, normal PT who wants to help people. So I don't think there's, I'd like to think there's no ego there from <laughs> from my side. I just want to be able to do what I want to do and help yeah. people that want to come and work with me and train with me. So hopefully that's the kind of message, again, that, that comes through the content I share. Mm. 
when it comes to Instagram, do you have like a pattern of like when you're postings or is there certain days that you'll post like maybe a workout or maybe information or something? Or is it sort of just as and when you feel? Uh, I try to. <laughs> I actually sat, <laughs> I sat down on, uh, on Saturday night and I said to myself, right, I'm going to give myself a little bit more structure. Um, and by Monday morning, it was uh, it was out of sync again. So um, I'm pretty poor at doing that bit. <laughs> My I'm not the most organized person, but I guess in a way I kind of like it like that and it kind of works for me and mm. I will do one thing and then say, right, I'm going to go and do this now. So I'll go and do that. And then I think about Instagram around like, you know, 12 to three o'clock and then, yeah, I just kind of, I guess I have a loose structure, but it's, um, it's a, a little bit all over the place depending on what's going on in the day. <laughs> how, how do you find your work and life balance? Because I guess like, like from what I see, James, you're, you're extremely busy and you're always doing something or whether it's socials or whether it's in the park doing a workout with your mates or whatever that might be. Mm. Like, how, how do you find it? Do you, do you ever struggle a little bit or does it seem to go pretty smooth? Um, nope, it definitely doesn't go smooth all the time. <laughs> there, are, there are weeks where it does. I mean, at the moment, I, you know, I am filming probably four, four workouts, real like full-time 40-minute workouts a week. Um, and then editing them and then uploading them to um, the platform and so on, which takes, you know, a, a big chunk of my week out. And the problem yeah. I find is that when I when I fall back on that and when timings start to fade in the week, like it's happening this week, for example, I end up you know, having to shoot workouts on Saturdays and Sundays because I haven't got them done in the week. So um, I think it probably goes through periods where it's great and my weekends are off from work. But then at the moment, for example, the last eight weeks, I've been filming every Saturday and Sunday and then working mm. Sunday afternoons to, to get everything on there, really. So, yeah, it goes a bit up and down. Yeah. So are you trying to now give yourself a Saturday and Sunday off and work during the week? That's sort of like how what you've got to. I would point. love to. <laughs> get, it's, it's always it's always the aim, but stuff just does kind of fall. And then I end up, like I say, like recording workouts on Saturdays and Sundays. But the plan is I will always have that done by Friday, but it just rarely happens at the moment. Mm. So, I mean, like for you, James, like, like for me, like I, I feel like your business is, I mean, flying at the moment like you're doing extremely well like the the content and you're consistently growing it looks like it's like what's sort of like the next step for you is there anything that you want to like achieve or is it have you got like a two-year plan five-year plan like what is it that you want to do just or continue doing what you're doing you know what i think when i first started the business and PTing and you know being self-employed i had this long five-year plan of where i wanted to be but now the, the industry is moving so fast, it's changing so quickly that I try not to be so hard on myself to have a plan now. Um, there, are, there are things, you know, the the app and my PT Hub side of things, I want to keep, keep growing and it's mm -hmm. still having launched a new kind of, I guess, way of working on that. That's going to take another year or so to build up. Um, there are things I do outside of, um, kind of PT, I've got a, um, a, a clothing line out in, um, or a collection out in August with um, a high street store, um, oh, wow. which is really exciting. So we're just doing the planning on how that collection is going to look and how it fits and how the materials are, which is yeah. um, really it's good. Actually, I love sportswear, so that's, that's like an absolute dream that's for me to awesome. be able to do that. Um, yeah, and there's just kind of little mini projects on the side, as well as, you know, 
competing hopefully soon and back to classes as well because I teach I teach about four or five classes in London a week as well so yeah this is a kind of different project scattered around I, I just try not to focus too much on where I'm going to be in a year two years or five years time yeah uh, you touched on um and not just one of the last things I really want to ask you James I know how busy you are and no, I don't want you having, I don't want you having to work on a weekend yeah weekend. <laughs> of our I'll make you I'll make you do it with me we'll be doing the podcast <laughs> on the Sunday so oh I'm, I'm extremely busy next week <laughs> yeah it's Easter yeah you've got the time off so <laughs> um no what no you said it's going so like the the industry itself is I mean, it changed rapidly and it's it's accelerated so quickly over the last year, two years, or even re- like realistically the last six months. I just wanted to get your thoughts on like the last 12 months and what, what you've seen as an industry really. Oh, it's, I mean, I see the last 12 months in fitness has been crazy. I mean, from my own side, I've gone from being one of a few people who deliver home workouts to now being one of many. Um, so it's been amazing to see as well. And some awesome, like you know, trainers doing incredible things and helping people and doing stuff that they wouldn't normally be doing. And I think that's amazing for the industry and having this kind of digital avenue now. I'm sure people have probably flourished over lockdown and won't be going back to doing PT hours and stuff like that because they've created a new business. I'm sure there's other PTs out there who are desperate to get back and have really struggled. And I guess I've I've kind of gone through. Um, a bit of a roller coaster, really, as well. I mean, when it kind of had a, had about three months for us trying to think, you know, what, how was I going to use this time effectively? And in the end, on the second lockdown, I kind of said to myself, I'm not going to put that pressure on myself now, and I'm just going to sit back and plan for when things do open. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but the industry itself, I think, is just going to go crazy with people either desperate to get back into exercising in a, in, in a place like a gym or having found a love for working out online and opening up this whole other avenue of, of exercise and home workouts. So I think it's really a really exciting time. And I think it's, um, it's still, there's still a little bit of confusion about where it's going to go, um, how things are going to kind of pan out. Um, but I think it's a really exciting time with all these new doors opened up for personal trainers to, to really use. I completely agree with you. Do you think it'll ever go back to what it was and like everyone still continuing to do one-to-one or do you think a large majority of it is going to be online indefinitely? Um, yeah, I do. I think I think, I think think people are going to are desperate to get back into the gym. I'm sure just like there are PTs who hate doing home workout programming and whatnot, there are people mm-hmm. who really hate working out from home. So I just think it's going to be endless opportunities for people to either train in a, in a gym or a, a studio, wherever it might be, or do it online. I, d- I don't think there's ever going to be a dying out of either of them now, really, yeah. which I think is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And like, it might even have opened up like an avenue for people that never even thought about going into fitness, but now there's the op- the option to do it like an online home workout mm. for probably a cheaper price, to be completely honest, because they haven't got the, that one-to-one person with them. That might you actually probably get reaching more people potentially. Yep. I mean, uh, just from, you know, people I've got who I work with at the moment, there have been people who have uh, dropped out and cancelled their subscription because the gyms have, been, have opened again. There have been people who have cancelled their gym memberships because they're happy working out online. So, yeah, yeah I, I just think we've, we've got new, new audiences to work with in different capacities now, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, Jay, I could talk to you all day, to be honest with you. Hey, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'll ask you about your life. But I, um, no, James, I'll, I'll leave it as that. But <laughs> I absolutely loved having you on here. You are probably genuinely one of the nicest blokes in the industry that I've ever spoken to. Oh, cheers, man. I appreciate it. Um, we wish you all the very best in whatever you do. Um, cheers, and man. Thanks for all your support over the, over the years as well. I mean, it's... Uh, before we got on to this, I was saying, God, you know, I always, I always hammer you guys with emails. So I always feel uh, a little bit guilty. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. It keeps me in the job, James. That's the thing. <laughs> good. Good. Well, I'll keep going then. <laughs> no, James, all the best, mate. I hope you get a weekend off and um, I really do appreciate it. And thank you for joining. No, cheers, mate. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you, guys.